Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Marisola Morales coming to you with Everything Stay at Home Mom, the blog and the podcast. And we have a nice show ready for you today. Um, We're going to talk to one of our moms and learn about her labor story and find out what do you do when your birth natural birth plan does not go as planned. Um, this was her experience. She had everything outlined and ready to go, and things just did not turn out as she expected. So we want to hear her story and figure out how she's doing now and how she's handling things. Um, so with me today is Allison. Hello, Allison. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Marcella? Good. It's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. I agree. <laughs> yeah, so Allison and I used to work together many moons ago. I don't know, many, was it like many. 10 years ago? Yeah, at least. Oh my God. Yeah. We're old. You know, <laughs> we're very, very old with babies and things. Yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> it's a totally different phase of life, but it's fun. Absolutely, um, totally agree. So tell us, tell us about your natural birth plan. What is it that you had envisioned for your delivery? Um, so for me, I had done a lot of research. You know, I'm an engineer, so have a little bit of uh, OCD when it comes to planning. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I started planning this before we were even trying to get pregnant. So my oh, plan wow. was, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I was married. I knew we were going to have kids, but I wanted to be prepared. Um, mm-hmm. So I started just looking for options for having a, a completely natural birth, you know, um, no, uh, no medication, um, even down to we weren't going to um, do the steroids in the eyes or anything like that at first. You know, we didn't want to have, we wanted him to come into a clean environment and or the baby at that time. But once I found mm-hmm. out I was having a son, you know. So that was kind of the plan. Um, I I would have done a home birth. My husband was not into it. He's a little squeamish. He he doesn't really like blood and all of that sort of thing. And, and he was very concerned mm-hmm. that if something went wrong, what would what would he do? You know. So mm-hmm. we compromised. And um, there's a place over here in um, the South Bay. So in Cupertino, there's a um, a group called Bay Area Maternity. And it's a medical office that's run by midwives. And then it's overseen by other um, MD, OBGYNs. So, mm-hmm. it, and it's all covered on, under insurance and everything. So, and they would let you have your baby at the hospital, at one of the mm-hmm. hospitals that they delivered at, and then they were known for having unmedicated natural births. So that mm-hmm. was the plan. That was the plan. Okay. <laughs> and so what happened? <laughs> what happened? Um, things were going well. I mean, you know, you go in for all your regular visits and and um, the baby was doing fine, I was doing fine, and then I got gestational diabetes. Um, okay. Expecting that, obviously. <laughs> I mean, who's expecting mm-hmm. to get that? And I am the type of person that, you know, I can control it with food. That was my initial thought. And I did. I I ended up controlling it with food. I didn't have to go on insulin. I didn't even go to a nutritionist. I I did my own thing. Basically did paleo. 
to just, okay. you know, cut the sugars, any kind of excess sugars with dairy kind of, you know, mixed in. So, you know, I don't know, dairy mm-hmm. paleo. Um, <laughs> and no, I know there's I so many versions of it. <laughs> right, right. You can have certain types of cheese maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was able to control that. They were, they, they left me alone. And then my blood, my blood pressure started to creep up, um, and that became concerning to them. Although for me, my blood pressure was fine at home. It was whenever I went into the hospital, you know, or into the doctor's office. And even though they were midwives and they had, they know, you know, they want this natural path for you, they still have guidelines they need to follow. And if you start to become mm-hmm. high risk, you can't be mm-hmm. in their practice anymore. Mm. And that was the direction it started going because of the blood pressure, and um, it was it was upsetting because I knew it was fine at home and it wasn't fine in the office, and it, you know. And then I started taking my blood pressure three times a day to prove to them, and they let me go for a little bit. But then I think it was maybe thirty weeks. When I was thirty weeks pregnant, they they said we have to transfer you to a an OB, an MD. And they worked with the, so, um, the doctor side by side. Mm-hmm. So you said they had OBGYNs that overlooked their practice. They couldn't keep you there with them. Yeah, yeah, because the, the OBs that yeah the OBs that oversaw at that point um, practiced mm-hmm. at other hospitals, and they weren't really they kind of came in and would oversee things, but they weren't really there to have patients. I mean, if I was going to switch to one of them, I could go to their hospital and and switch to them. But um, I had met with them a couple times because of the fact that, you know, I was starting to become higher risk and they were telling me what was going to happen. Because they basically are there almost as a fail-safe for the midwives, you know, because there has this kind of negative connotation sometimes with midwives. You know, people, Mm -hmm. the movement is going towards more natural births, but we're not fully there, so it's kind of their insurance. Hey, look, we have medical doctors that oversee our practice and right. help us. So, I mean, I don't... And if nothing I else totally to quiet the nosy relatives, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, you're having a midwife? Yes. Oh, you're at a hospital? Yes. Okay, then they're happy, right? <laughs> if you're not doing it at home, that's all anybody cared about. As soon as they heard midwife, but you're not doing it at home, Allison. No, we're not doing it at home. Oh, thank God. Like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. So then, at thirty weeks, you transferred over to the OBGYN. Yeah, I transferred over to OBGYN, and I I fought off a couple weeks to not have medication to the blood pressure, um, because the baby was doing fine. Now, I'd like to say that, you know, if I had had other symptoms then I probably wouldn't have fought as hard as I did. But I think that sometimes you have to listen to your intuition and listen to your body. And, you know, I wasn't having any other symptoms. I didn't have protein in my urine. Um, I was fine at home. I was eating very well. Um, so, I and the baby was being monitored, and they were like, he his heartbeat was perfect. You know, everything about him was perfect. So I, I fought off for a while, and then and then it got pretty bad. And she was like, you know, you gotta you gotta start taking this. So we started out with a really low dose, and it did nothing. 
Mm. It did nothing. Um, We kept trying, and at 36 weeks is when she started talking about induction and C-sections, and and then my head just kind of started spinning. Yeah, it started spinning pretty bad in my in my world because I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. That's not, that's not the plan. And she's like, yeah, but, and I, and I should have probably walked out of the office at this point looking back, but I, I knew that she was working with the midwives and it was really hard. Like she, she wasn't one of the um, overseers of the practice. She was just somebody they had Mm -hmm. sent me to that covered my insurance, but they could work Mm -hmm. with her at the hospital. Um, she had mentioned that, you know, sometimes C-sections are just easier. And I'm like, on who? You know, who is that easier for? And maybe I should kind of left. But at that point, I I still wanted, I still had a chance to Mm -hmm. um, have the natural birth. Because if there was an induction, the midwives were also known for their gentle inductions, you know. Um, And you have a little bit of say. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how does that I go? With, I know, I know. With um, medical, they give you what is it, pitocin? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they and they do all that. the The difference is, is they do the cervidel to you know ripen the cervix, and then they do the whole pitocin thing. But with with this group, and anybody can, I mean, anybody that goes out and gets an induction can ask these things. But a lot of people don't know that you can ask these things. You can say. I want to start pit Pitocin on one and slowly mm-hmm. ramp it up. And if we get mm-hmm. to a point where I'm progressing on my own, I'd like you to take pit out. And you can mm-hmm. do that. But people don't know. Okay. I've heard horror stories. I, I had a friend that got induced and she fell asleep because, she, you know, you have to nap sometimes when you're in labor. And she said she woke mm-hmm. up and it was like on 15. They just completely oh, cranked wow. it up to get her going. So, I mean, you have options. I didn't even have. realize there were numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the drip. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't. Because I, I, don't think I, I was induced it. with. Yeah, I was induced with my first, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. So and, and I mean that yeah. that's just kind of the way it is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you you trust the doctors and you trust everything, and I'm not saying not to. I just you know there's. You know, know your options. Know what you have. You have a say. It's your body. It's your baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'd say, gosh, I feel like it's been forever, and it's only been what ten months. Goes <laughs> <laughs> um, by <like> fast. <laughs> it does go by very fast. Uh, at about thirty-seven weeks, the medication was the high blood pressure medication wasn't working, and then I did a urine test when I went in, and I had trace amounts of protein in the urine, but you always have trace amounts of protein. Now it was becoming, I guess it was undetectable before and now it's detectable, so they started to worry. And I said, okay. You know, so I went into the hospital for monitoring and left and was fine. And they sent me home. And then they, the doctor called and said, no, we want to induce you. So come back on July 9th, 2014, at 5 p.m. or whatever it was, and I was like, mm-hmm. "I'm not, I'm not getting induced. I'm just, <laughs> not doing <laughs> it." And my husband and I packed the cooler because we also knew if we did get stuck there, we were going to eat our food and not the hospital food. Um, 
mm-hmm. and got in the car and took our last picture of me pregnant and, and went to the hospital. Um, but I had swung a deal that said, if I if my blood pressure is fine and you monitor me for a few hours and the protein in the urine hasn't changed, hasn't gotten worse, I want to go home. I don't want to be induced. And the doctor said fine. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I got a chance. I have a chance. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the protein didn't change, but and my blood pressure was fine when I was lying down. Then one nurse came in and said, let's take your blood pressure standing up and sitting up. And... Hmm. That was it. That was it. I failed. I completely failed. I think my blood pressure ended up being like 196 over 118. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. So I got induced. (laughs) Yeah, I had to to get induced, but um, nothing went well. So that was July 9th at like 6 p.m., Within mm-hmm. four hours, they were starting the Cervidel and all of that. And I believe they put it in, put the Cervidel in at, let's say they put it in at 8.30 at night. It was out by 10.30. That's it. So, so does that later. do? That's to ripen the cervix. So it looks like a little tampon, and they put it up by the cervix, and it, it helps soften it and hopefully get it to open up. Okay. So you do that for 12 hours, and then they will start the Pitocin. Hmm. Is kind of the, is, yeah, is the way that it works. But for me, because I, I had a bad reaction to it, the baby had a bad reaction to it, we had bad reactions to everything they, they gave us. Uh-huh. They, they gave me medicine to control the blood pressure, and I, I like, went white as a sheet, and I couldn't breathe very well, and the baby's heart rate dropped, like, if they got my oh blood my pressure to what they wanted, which was like one, you know, thirty something over seventy eight, mm-hmm. he and I didn't. He and I didn't do well at all. So I have. I was actually taking notes. I was looking at them. I haven't looked at them in months, but I took some notes when I was in labor, just of the process and what was happening. And a lot of my notes, I'm like, we run high. We like our high blood pressure, you know, like uh-huh. it's just it's just kind of what it was. We were, we were him and I were both so used to it that any kind of intervention we did just didn't go well. Hmm. So they took the they took the cervidel out. I was actually starting having contractions on my own, so they took it out. Um, and then we, you know, went through the evening. I didn't sleep very much. My husband slept a full night of sleep. Lucky him. Hmm. And. <laughs> In the morning, right? How easy is that? I'm like getting up every hour to pee, and he's snoring. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. you know, you, I made it through the night. I didn't. I had slight contractions, but nothing major. And then the nurse came in at one point and said, "We almost had to call the doctor last night." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she said that because they're monitoring the baby all night, right? that for some reason his heart rate kept dropping and it was getting to the point that it wasn't coming back and they didn't know what was going on. But nobody came in to tell me because I was what? asleep. Well, because oh, they were just monitoring. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I mean, I think that it's because it, it did come back, but it was kind of slow. They weren't exactly sure what was going on. But then we figured out if I laid on my left side or my right side, if I laid on my right side, 
his heart rate didn't do so well. And we and to this day don't know why that is. But there was mm-hmm. something about being on that side that he didn't he didn't do so well. So you know, by this point now I'm freaking out. They started Pitocin in the morning and they were like so now mind you now I've had like all the IV fluids. I mean my birth plan is out the window. Just completely out the window except for trying to keep it as gentle as possible. Like, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to get induced, but I'm still going to do it without the epidural. Right. <laughs> Which is funny mm-hmm. looking back. Um, <laughs> but um, so what ended up happening was they started the Pitocin, and I started out low and slow, and it was everything was fine. And then they came in and said, you know, you're not dilating at all. Well, because I'm not ready, my baby's not ready, like, of course I'm not dilating. So then mm-hmm. they decide they're going to put in a fully bulb catheter um, <laughs> because the Cervidel didn't work the night before or, because you know, it, would, it didn't really agree with us. So they did this fully bulb thing where it, and they insert this catheter into the cervix and fill up this balloon, and it, and then they put tension on it. So it's like a oh, ball. My goodness. Yeah, a ball inside of you being pulled, like they put tension on it and tape it to your leg to try to force the cervix open, a manual force. And once they got it, oh. it wasn't so bad. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things you're like, oh, God, could I be, could I be hooked up to any more machines and everything? And all yeah. I said was, can I, can I please have a shower? I just need a shower. I feel gross. I want a shower. And they said, okay. So mm-hmm. let me shower. And they came, and I came back in, and I was just in pain. I was like, I'm having contractions. They're just on top of each other. I, I don't even have a rest. And they're like, no, your contractions are only like five minutes apart. And I'm like, there's no break. Well, what was happening mm-hmm. was I was having like a contraction in the cervix because of the Foley bulb and, or, or something. There was something going on. They called it a contraction. I'm not sure if that's exactly what it was. But um, mm-hmm. had a contraction there, and then I would have the regular contraction. So it was just a steady stream of pain. And oh I was just like, oh, my God, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do this. For, you know, who knows mm-hmm. how long this is going to take. Mm-hmm. And um, my doula came in to visit every once in a while, you know, because at that point I wasn't in labor yet. So the doula, mm-hmm. you know, was kind of on call. But um, game changer for us, was my blood pressure, they still couldn't control it, no matter what they did. And anything they did to control it didn't didn't go well for me or the baby. So my blood pressure was really high, and the nurse came in, and my mom's walking in at the same time with one of those, um, those exercise balls that you sit on. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my stretching, and my that's what I'm going to use to get through right. the labor pains, you know, the whole uh-huh. thing. And the nurse told me that I couldn't use it, that I was now bound to bed because my blood pressure was spiking really bad when I went to take the shower or when I was walking around. So mm-hmm. now part of the other plan was, you know, you'd be able to move and work through the pain. Right. Now, now I'm confined to bed. And, and, it and just that's was, the most painful. <laughs> yes, it is. When, you're, when you, you can't, can't move, move you're mm-hmm. tied up to everything. Like, it's terrible. And my husband just came over and he said, Allison, I think you need to get the epidural. And I was just like, yeah. and I was crying and I don't want to do it. And he's mm-hmm. like, he, and he's, 
my husband's very um he's a funny guy, but he's he's my rock. Like I'm the emotional one and, and he can just be very straight faced at a time that you need it. Like I needed I didn't need him mm-hmm. to be emotional. I needed him to say, Look, Allison, we know where this is going. We know we don't want the C-section, but nothing is going well. And if you don't do the epidural now and it becomes an emergency, they're going to give you general anesthetic to get you down fast to get the baby out. So as long Mm -hmm. as I had the epidural, if I had to get a C-section, I was prepped and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so gave in and and got the epidural and... Mm -hmm. um, and then it was then I was just tired and I was able to <laughs> sleep. At and, this point, how long have you been there? God, at that point, I'd been there for uh, fourteen, fifteen hours. Mm, wow. Yeah, that was probably the afternoon of the tenth, so July tenth in the afternoon, and it it progressively just kind of went down from hill downhill from there. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, baby, just. He wasn't responding well to the contractions, the pitocin. Uh, every time they tried to turn it up, his heart rate would drop. They turn it down, and and he would come back, and and things like that. And and then I think the final straw was about 7 p.m. that night. So now I had been there for what 24 hours, and mm-hmm. maybe it was it may have been nine o'clock. Now that I'm thinking back on it. Because he was born at 10 o'clock, so I'm pretty sure it was 9 o'clock because it happens pretty quickly once you decide to just do the C-section. But um, probably about 9 o'clock they came running, running in. To have nurses run at you is is not the most calming thing ever. But they came right. in running and they, they just shut off all the Pitocin, just shut it all down. And they were like, he's not doing well. He's, he's not responding well. His heart rate just keeps dropping and... They turned it all off, and then he owed, um, the baby came back, and he was totally fine, totally oh normal. And then they just said, well, we can – let's start the Pitocin again. They were trying to give me what I wanted. You know, they were trying to give me this birth naturally, mm-hmm. vaginally. Not you know, naturally, vaginally, mm-hmm. not, not without medication at this point, but at least vaginally. Mm-hmm. And – my husband and I just looked at each other and we said, no, we, we, we'll get the C-section. I, I couldn't keep doing it at that point. I couldn't keep, right. you know, what was going to be the You don't know result. the long-term effect it's having on the baby, right? Absolutely. And the fact that he wasn't responding well to any medication was just like, okay, you need to get him out now. And that's exactly what I said. I said, just get him out now. There was just something in my head that clicked and was just like, mm-hmm. I can't keep doing this, the baby can't keep doing this, and he needs to come out. And it was mm-hmm. very quick. It was boom, 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 get you on the table. And I, like I said, I already had the epidural, so everything else was just kind of um, things falling into place. Like, let's get her in there. Mm-hmm. And the baby was born at like 10.01 or something at night. Oh, Yeah. So essentially you got the worst of both worlds, right? Yeah, I, I went through all the natural labor contraction pains and then the C-section and the recovery for that. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. A lot to go through. So how do you feel now, now that 
it's over. It's been ten months. <laughs> now, you know, being able to talk about it like this and and kind of share your experience and um, I have a lot of friends. I have a few friends that have had C sections and you kind of bond together because it is it it was it was rough at first. I mean, you're already dealing with all the emotions. Um, of hormonal emotions. You have a new baby. My baby ended up being five pounds, so that was unexpected. You know, and then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I have a five-pound baby. He was born at 37 and a half weeks, but he was mm-hmm. so skinny, but he was perfect. I mean, all his Apcar stuff was all tens and, and whatnot, but it was just that, oh, my gosh, he's so little, and did mm-hmm. I do it? So now you have that in your head, and then you have, did I fail to... I failed. I ended up with the C-section, and then you're in pain, and you're on all the medication to help with the pain. <laughs> and then you're yeah. in the hospital for like four or five days afterwards. You don't get to go home in 24 hours. I mean, we were, mm-hmm. and this is the middle of July in California, and it's just mm-hmm. in really bad AC in this hospital. <laughs> oh my goodness! So it was it was a lot to work through. I think um, in the beginning. And I, uh, one thing that helped me the most, I think, was I had contacted our birth teacher. We were taking some birthing classes because she just wanted to know how things worked out with everybody. So, And I sent her kind of the synopsis of what happened. And she was amazing. You know, she was just like, here's all these resources. Because I don't think people realize the emotional toll that a C-section takes on you. Um, mm-hmm. If you have, you know, sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes you're like, I want the C-section for various reasons or you have time to plan for it or whatever. But, you know, when you go in with the mindset of I want this natural unmedicated mm-hmm. birth and you come mm-hmm. out on the other side with a major abdominal surgery, um, right. you, you have to you have to work through that somehow. And, it, and there is some emotional issues that, that come with that, um, but I was very lucky. I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. I had a good support system, a lot of family around, and and now I can't imagine anything else. You know, I mean, sometimes you look back like maybe right. you could have done something different, but you can't really think like that. You know, you have a beautiful baby and a beautiful family. You just kind of move on, right? And he's gorgeous. <laughs> I love seeing his Thank baby picture. <laughs> he's a chunky little monkey, so the five pounds is not indicative of his yes. lifetime I know, size. <laughs> I know. I know. I I still can't believe. I'm looking at his five-pound picture right now. I see it across the room. It's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Mm. So what are <laughs> – we have about a short time left. We have about four minutes. Um, but okay. if you could – Go over what were those feelings you were feeling, just so that other moms out there who've gone through this can know they're not alone. You, I mean, I don't know about everybody else. I know that for me, I felt I, I felt like a failure. I felt like I had every kind of emotion, but I really felt like a failure. You know, going into this, I had a lot of people going, yeah, right, you're going to want the epidural. You're not going to be able to do it. And that kind of fueled my fire even more to have mm-hmm. this natural birth. It's like, you know what, I can do this. My mother did mm-hmm. it. My grandmother did it. Like, we can do this. Like, I don't understand this, like, negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was like, oh, man, now i got to deal with that. But you know what? No, not any, not one person was like, hmm, see, I told you so. Like, 
not right. that's what you think. You you think that people are going to be like, I told you so, neener, 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 and nobody did that. I mean, but it's a fear in your head. Like, what are people going to say? What are they going to think? And you know, I what is you know maybe I can't have a baby, and and you know I'm older. I'm 36 now, and my husband is a couple years older than me. I have a stepson that's 12. We don't know if we're going to have another kid. So for me, it was like, is this going to be my only birth story? Because, mm-hmm. man, that would suck, like, at the time. You know, now it's different. Now it's a lot different. But at first, it was just an emotional roller coaster. And then and then you have to deal with the fact that you ha- you're not allowed to do very much for two weeks after a C-section. So I have to take care of this baby who's five pounds, and all he wants to do is eat. And yeah. it's hard to get up and down. You know, I had to get out of bed every hour. Very difficult to do. <laughs> Very difficult to do. Yeah. So um, it is. It's, it's difficult. And I don't think people yeah. – people are starting to talk about it more more and more. But, um, you know, it's just – it's just a, I, I'm at the point where it's just a different kind of birth story. And actually, this is mm-hmm. probably, talking to you, is I think the first time that I've ever really described it at length from mm-hmm. start to finish. You know, and some yeah, people and know the Unfortunately, unfortunately okay, it's ahead. one of those things that we focus on the end product, right, a beautiful baby. And we sometimes right. even forget to ask the mom, how was it? How are you? What did you go through, <laughs> you know? And yeah. sometimes that mom needs to let it out, needs to share it. Absolutely. Um, and, you you know, you got to take care of yourself as much as you take care of the baby. Yeah. Well, thank you it, so much, Allison. No, no problem. I, thank you. We're at the end of the show, and I'm very grateful for you to sh- for sharing your story. Um, hopefully it will encourage some other moms out there. And, and, yeah, you have a beautiful baby, and that's what counts. <laughs> yes. I hope so. Anything I can do, I like to help. So, <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we'll have you back on later this year with some other fun topics. But thank you so okay. much. And take care, care of yourself. Big hugs. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Maricela. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.